to another episode of the Classic Pickup Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whips, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This podcast is sponsored by Classic Pickup Supplies, your number one Ford and Chev pickup parts supplier. Mention Classic Truck for a 10% discount off your first order. Classic Pickup Supplies, located in Coolum Beach, Queensland. Call 07 5446 2667. Or visit their website, www.classicpickupsupplies.com.au. Classic Pickup Supplies, dedicated to the restoration and preservation of the pickup. Episode 21. This week, we do a bit of a catch-up session, made a, made a few calls and caught up with a few of the guys we've interviewed in the past uh, that are building building vehicles and getting close to the end or, or not so close. But I thought we'd just do a catch-up and, and just see where everyone is with their build. Uh, it's it's nice to hear stories of guys who finished the truck and it's out on the road. But you know you got to think about a lot of a lot of guys are still out in the shed working on their truck every weekend or doing a few late nights. So good to touch base with a few of those guys. And uh, I went out and saw Rocky out in his garage and checked out his paint job on his on his GMC. So good to have a little chat with him. Uh, put up with Steve Mazik and Tom Brown uh, up in Sydney building Steve's '52 Chevy pickup. So it's good to have a chat to them there. They're going through a few heartaches, and uh, you'll hear a little bit about that. Uh, also caught up with Steve Humphrey. He's 55 Bedford A2, very close to being on the road. So it was uh, great to hear from him. He sent me a video recently of it doing a bit of a, a test drive, so it's sounding very nice. Uh, so, yeah, it was good, good to chat to those guys. Uh, Adrian Cooper, Coops Rod and Customs, way back in episode one. So Coops has got a few trucks on the build at the moment, including a few of his own. So... Had a bit of a chat to him. I, I dragged him off the Bobcat, I think, but uh, good to see him uh, still kicking goals and putting out some good products. And I guess I'll give you a little update on, on what's been going on with my build. I keep uh, harping on at the end of each episode that you've got to get out there and, and spend 15 minutes on, on a vehicle. So I've been, uh, we have our Thursday night gigs with uh, a bunch of mates and have a bit of a barbie and a few beers and uh, been going down there and getting my engine mount sorted. Um, I've been, I finally got my 22 inch out collars. So I've got some, some rubber on those and getting them mounted up on the truck. So we're having a bit of a look at how we're going to do guards and build a tray and do all that sort of stuff. So not a heap of progress for me, but uh, the little things that, you know, putting putting your rims on your truck is a, an exciting thing to see what they're going to look like. So that's been good and, uh, and just keeps you motivated. So the next thing I really need to do, finish the engine mounts and then put the power steering on, work out the steering, and, uh, and start putting the firewall together and the pedal box and start getting those things finished up. So, yeah, bit of progress. Um, enjoy this episode. It's, uh, it's a good chat, bit of a bit of a mismatch of different guys with their builds. Um, and then next week we'll come back. Uh, I've got a great guest lined up for you, so we look forward to that. Thanks, guys. Rocky. Whips. Back in your shed. Yes, mate. We've progressed a little bit from when you last saw it. Yeah, it's looking great. So we've got some colour. You, you got your what's what is this colour? Turquoise. Yes, yeah, turquoise. Um, it's the original colour of the truck. It's a pretty unusual colour, but in the bad 1956 and 57, 
nearly every GM car was painted these colours. Yeah. Uh, and today people see the colour and they're, they're knocked over by it. You know, it's just something you don't see anymore. Yep. So two tones got the white roof. Is that original? Uh, the white should actually come right down to that break below the window. But when it goes up through the door, it only has a very narrow piece of paint and you've got to hang the doors and everything off to tape all your lines up. So it gets very, very complicated. So I, I ran tape lines everywhere and then decided I'll just put a white roof on it. It's a lot simpler. And then the doors, the tops of the frames and everything are all the, the turquoise. Mm, so just to make it a little bit easier, because just to mask up the cab, there's four four different paints in the cab. You've got to mask the whole thing up. You've got to do the inside satin turquoise, then you've got a satin white dash, then you've got turquoise gloss outside and white gloss roof. So every time you put the colour on, you've got to mask the whole truck up because it's two-pack paint, you know? And it's just so much work mm. in doing it. Yeah. And and the season's got the better of you. It's gotten too cold. Too cold to paint anymore. Um, so I've been doing the interior and stuff, uh, getting glass out of the frames and stuff so I can send it away and get it recut. Uh, so just doing the things you can do no matter what the weather is. And then when it warms up again, say... September or early October, I can paint the doors, the guards and the bonnet. And it's it's all been bolted back together when before, so everything just goes into place. It's all etched where the bolts go or the hinges, so you just put it up to that etch line, bolt them up and everything fits. Mm. Yeah. Perfect. And so cabs on the chassis, uh, it almost looks like you could drive it right now. It's pretty complete. Chassis? Uh, you could, yeah. If I put a battery in it, you could drive it, man. Yeah. yeah. And and hanging around the walls, we've got all the other panels waiting waiting for spring to come, so it's yeah. warm enough to paint. It's warm enough, that's right. And what about the fiberglass? Is that something you can do over winter? Uh, if I get stuck for things to do, I'll start on the glass, yeah. yeah that's, that's another long episode. <laughs> 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 I didn't want to touch them until I had the whole cab bolted together, finished, you know, the carpet in it, and then go on to the back. Otherwise, you tend to just do little bits everywhere and you never seem to progress anywhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you were saying to me earlier, you've got a, a bunch of parts on their way from America and yep. it's a bit of a slow boat at the moment. It's absolutely hopeless. It's seven to eight weeks to get parts from the States. You know? And what do you do? Yeah. yeah, and we're we're putting we're putting that down mainly to the planes not being in the air, bringing the freight over. I think so. Yeah, I've heard nothing about international flights, but I don't think there's too many coming and going at the moment. Mm. Yeah. And especially the way America is too. So compounds the problem. Yeah, yeah. And and how's the uh, the focus? You still super focused, or is it becoming a pain in the ass? No, no. It's, uh, refreshed and back into it <laughs> yeah you, you get sick of it you have a break for a couple of weeks and 
then something will inspire you and off you go again. And, you know, another month or two, a bit more progress. Mm. You know, like after I've painted it, I can actually bolt things in it that I've had re-chromed and whatever. You know, they've been sitting around for five and six years wrapped up in plastic. Uh, and you can finally screw them into the car and go, wow, that's out the way, you know? Yeah, because it, it it's like a lot of things. You get you get little false horizons and you you feel like you've done a whole lot of work and it doesn't look like you've done everything. And then all of a sudden you get this one big jump when you, you know, as you yep. say, you've got paint and now you can put some parts on. That's right. What's like putting the cab on the chassis. It tr just transforms it, you know? It's, it's quite amazing the difference that it makes. Mm. I only wish I was doing this for someone else and, and getting sixty or seventy dollars an hour for doing it. <laughs> I'd be extremely well off at the moment. <laughs> are you are you keeping tabs of any of that stuff? Or no, that's it's too frightening. Don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. Yeah. No, he, I, you know, the last thing I, well, what I'm still working on my truck is getting my engine mounts, which I'm having to fab up because it's totally custom. Yeah, you know, like the Cummins yeah. isn't meant to go in there, and yeah, no. I must have 20 hours work in those things. Yeah. You know. And you, you say, what have I done today? Yeah. Yeah. And you look at it and you think, I'm never going to finish. Yeah. It's quite mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. You know, well, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, it's it's just beautiful to see it in colour and, and I can't wait for the whole truck to be driving out of here. Either can I. I've got to take some more stuff to the chrome plater, but I can't go there because that's in Albury. I can't go into Walbury at the moment. You know? Yeah. Yes. Um, Unique times we're facing. It is. I'll probably have to drive to Wangaratta to get the glass cut. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah. An hour and 20 minute drive there and the same back. Then go back again and pick it up. You know? Just for you know, four pieces of glass. Yeah. Well, what else are you going to do with all your time? Well, that's right. Sit home having a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Far more enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, it's good. Well, it's good to catch up. It's good to, to see the truck. We'll post up a couple of pictures of your progress, and um, yep, and then we'll touch base again uh, sometime in the springtime. And yeah, we'll have some more colour on uh, the other panels and have them all bolted up. Mm. Yeah. Uh, just said all the grill, all the chrome, everything sitting at home, waiting to go on it. So. As soon as it's painted and bolted together, all the, the bling will be put back on. Fantastic. All right, Rocky. Well, thanks for catching up with us. No worries. Thanks a lot. Yeah, good to good to catch up. So so tell me what's been happening. I mean, I saw some photos. You've done some rust repairs on the roof and that sort of stuff. Oh, I was just about to say, we've done a fair few rust repairs. There's not much of the floor left anymore. We've cut all the floor out. We've been doing spending a lot of time designing the member the center, center section in the chassis rails which the gearbox cross member ties into making it all out of uh, chromoly tube kind of just trying to be different but at the same time uh just trying to i don't know that to me that's pretty standard stuff using tube centers you know that's all all hot rodding stuff you know what i mean but that's where tom's come from is the hot rodding background so you know he kind of tried to implement his skills from where he's come up with his you know background with his dad with hot rodding and um you know, now we've got this awesome K-member that actually wraps up the back of the cab. So when the, when the cab gets mounted back on, you'll see these awesome chrome all you know, mandrel bend tubes swoop up behind the bottom, uh, you know, under, from underneath the cab and then up into the cross member where the uh, four-link all sort of uh, bolts into. So it's pretty cool how we've just kind of 
played around with it and it's just all come together really well. Yeah, that's right. That's right. What else have you been doing? Uh, yeah, well, we've been having a few issues with our front end. Um, you know, I guess it's a, it's been a lesson learned. Uh, I think I said last time that we're catching up. We um, we got a front end from a, a gentleman. Uh, I won't say who it is because you know I just not like that. But a gentleman uh, down south, and I went for the cheaper front end, and uh, we we got it back. And the whole plan was that this front end was meant to roll under the original chassis. We weren't going to notch the front end, and it was you know I spent all this money, probably you know. You know, not shy, probably six thousand dollars all up to get it here. Got it under the truck, and this thing still sat hundred mil off the deck. So, you know, we went we went back to my engineer, who the engineer actually referred this gentleman, and we had a lot of issues. Um, the, the actual front end was meant to take six weeks to build, and it turned into nine months before I actually saw it on my doorstep. So I was very hesitant to send it back, get it repeat, you know, get it changed back around because I was concerned I was going to put too much time, you know, in the build to you know delay in the build. Yeah, so we, we spoke to the engineer and we, we pitched the front notch, which he was not super, you know, keen on. But once we, you know, he looked at the size of the chassis, he did all his calculations. He came back and said, yep, let's let's do that. And um, and then, yeah, we've notched the front chassis and we've um, done the front end. And, yeah, we've just had a few issues. The the fabrication on the front end wasn't the best. Um, we've actually had to pull a lot of the front end apart and remanufacture a lot of parts and then... They arms were half welded. They yeah, even fully welded. Yeah. yeah, they were literally tapped on, and this thing's loaded. It came with fully stress, uh, stress testing documentation for engineers. Where literally, I got a front end where you take it to a shop, you know, engineer, uh, and he'll look at that, and you shouldn't look twice at it. And when we actually looked over it with our own engineer, he was pulled with the actual craftsmanship. So we've now got a front end which we've now rebuilt, and now our own engineer is engineering that front end. So. All that money I spent buying an engineered front end from a specialized independent front suspension, you know, builder, I've now pretty much ripped it all apart, building a whole new front end, and now the engineer is going to stress test it and load test it to comply, you know, with um, current ADR standards. Yeah, that's bullshit, isn't it? Yeah, so it was a five five thousand dollar lesson learned, but sorry, six grand lesson learned, but it's time and yeah. time. Yeah, it's, we've we've shaped the chassis yeah. to suit that front end. Now that front end's no good. So now we're questioning: Do we have to redo the whole entire front notch on the on the chassis? Like that's going to change everything. It's kind of really set us back a bit. But the biggest the biggest concern I had though was obviously the notch in the front end. But you know my engineers reassured me that he's comfortable with the notch in the front end. So a lot of guys actually contacted me after the podcast, um, just sort of asking, you know, why? How did my engineer allow this? And not just the front end, even in the rear suspension, a few questions here and there. And it's a bit like what Troy said. You know, we, me and Tom listened to it twice. You know that that conversation that you had with Troy from Pink Engineering was really insightful to hear and you know there's a you know everything is black and white but then also it comes down to how an engineer interprets the actual documentation and there are different ways of you know getting things across the line if you want to um you know you know do a notch in the front end you know nothing's impossible it just comes down to like troy said is you know being practical being safe and making sure that you know it meets those requirements to obviously be on the road yeah yeah look and i've done the same thing so i've got uh i'm running the same chassis as you i'm pretty sure the original chassis out of that yeah. truck um, you've seen the massive notch in the rear of mine and I actually ended up doing, you know, it's only a 50 mil notch, but I, I did a, I did a really subtle notch in the front just to get that IFS tucked in a little bit higher and get me a little bit lower. So yeah, same thing. You know, I just spoke to my engineer. I said, this is what I want to do. And he's like, right, if you're going to, if that's what you want to do, this is what you got to do, you know, and you work around it all. So well, I think, no, what saved cool. us, I think what saved us with the front end was the fact that we ran the big truck chassis, like those rails, what are they? How tall are they? Uh, 200 and but yeah, yeah. At the front end they narrow down. They're like a hundred hundred and forty mil at the front end or something like that, aren't they? No, they they narrow down. Yeah, it's not a two mil chassis. You know, we've got you know five mil plating. 
you know, it, it's, it's faceted, the whole thing. Yeah. Just, you could, you know, mm. you could drop it from a cliff and it'll be straight, you know. So, you know, yeah. lucky with that bigger chassis where the engineer looked at that and said, well, structurally, it's, it, 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 it's sound and, you know, he feels comfortable obviously putting that, that type of vehicle on the road with that size chassis. So well, that's where we're kind of lucky. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, that's cool. So I know you don't want to name the guy um, that you got that IFS from, but is he in Victoria? Yes, he is. And he's very well known. I, and the very scary part was, was I paid him up front. And the moment I paid him up front, I went to MotorX and I was talking to a few big custom car guys and they said, They've actually got lawsuits within themselves over front ends that they've had issues with, which uh, put me a bit nervous. And Todd and Tom kind of said to me, look, mate, that's their dealings with them. Yours has been really positive so far. And then after that, MotorX, um, and I went and saw these uh, other guys that have bought some front ends from him. Um, it went from a six-week build to, yeah, it was like eight, nine months before I actually got it at my doorstep. And yeah, it was... And we had problems straight away. You know, we, we sent him measurements. He gave us a piece of paper with a picture of the chassis, and he just gave us, like, Arrows pointing at what height this is, at roll height, when you air it out, what height do you want? And it's like as if he's just completely abandoned that piece of paper. But he's what he's sent back is just completely different to what we've sent to him. Yeah, we, so there was a miscommunication there, obviously, and when he sent it back, it was completely wrong. So well, even the paperwork wasn't right. I asked for the, for the, load, the front end to be load rated to 1.4 ton because I've got the big chassis, the big wheels. You know, there's a lot of weight, the big block as well. Um, you know, he said, yeah, that's fine. My front ends are load rated to 1.4 ton. Um, you'll be right with 20 inch wheels with a roll diameter height of, you know, at least 780 mil or around that. And then when I actually stopped and looked at the paperwork about a month after I bought it, it was nothing like that. It was, you know, maximum 18 inch wheels. Uh, the, it was load rated to one ton. Coilovers. Coilovers. It was, it was said in the actual engineer paper, it was engineered for coilovers, not bags. And it was a, you know, he specialized in bag front ends. Um, even the picture on the engineering paperwork wasn't even a picture of my front end. It was just something that his first, obviously, front end that he ever built, which was obviously the the one that he got engineered and spec'd out. It was it wasn't even relevant to my front end, which was definitely concerning. But then once he got paid and I got it on my doorstep, it was like getting blood out of a stone. And then you know I did call the guy and actually you know raise concerns with him. And the first thing he said to me is, "Oh, mate, just notch the front end and get over it." And that's when I knew yeah. I was wasting my time. He just started giving us excuses like, "Oh, yeah. I can't get it any lower because of your wheel track and this and that." So he just he kept feeding us full stories, and we just lost interest in trying to get something out of him. And I think that's when our engineer yeah. came in and um and we spoke to our engineer, and obviously our engineer recommended him. He kind of said, "Okay, well." You know, you've done the right thing. You've, you've done the legitimate path of getting an independent front suspension instead of going jack front end. You've spent the dollars. You know, okay, well, this is what I can I can offer you to get this front end under this truck. And we notched it. We got the front end under, and we still weren't happy. So, you know, now we're going down the redesign path. But um, you know, it was a bit of anxiety and a bit of stress for yourself. But you know, that's that's building cars, I guess. You, you, if you're going to build a car, we'll, I don't think we'll cut the front end up again. But yeah, we're, we're definitely going. to. No. Front end made. Yeah, hold your front end made, pretty much. Yeah. New cross member, new suspension. Yeah, cool. That's yeah, that's that's tough. Hey, why why don't we do this? I appreciate you not not uh, outing this guy, even though a million people are going to say name and shame. Um, why don't you uh, off air let me know who this company is, and anyone in Victoria that's thinking about buying an independent front end and they're concerned, they can contact me directly, and and ask me if it's who they're contacting. Yeah, we don't have a problem with that. We just don't want to publicly uh, sling mud on people. It's not really what we're trying to achieve, sort of thing. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And and I'm not, I'm not going to do it either. I, I'm not here to shitbag anyone, you know. But oh, no, I, I think, I think I made a mistake too. I went for a front end company that 
you can tell my front end is more of a hot rodding front end. It's not really designed for the application of what I was building. This was me obviously building my first car, not knowing what I should and shouldn't do. Um, you know, I didn't probably go to the right guy for the right job as well. Um, you know, but like I said, there's been a lot of negative feedback. Once I actually bought the front end and I actually put a few posts up on social media, the amount of people that contacted me saying, hey, watch out. This guy I've had a lot of issues mm. with. It was, um, and, I, and I'm sure once we talk off air, you'll, you'll know the company once I uh, once I let you know. So they're only a small small family business with you know a few guys working out of a shed, but they literally just specialise in front end suspension and um, I think it was brake kits and things like that. Yeah, but yeah very very small small. Even the brakes, the brakes were completely hollow. No pads, no pistons in the calipers. Nothing. The things are a caliper that's just bolted on in position to look like it's finished. Yeah. You know, there's no clip, no retaining plates, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. No good. All right. Well, let's not let's not give them any more energy. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's here. So so uh, what other sort of moves have you made? You you playing around with any interior stuff, or it's all still just? Um, well, you said you got the floor out, right? Yeah. So I, well, the, the interesting one was um, we'll talk about the the rust repair in the wind the wind star sill or oh, the window sill. Sorry. We will um, you know, the first night we looked at that, and Tom goes, "This will be a four hour job." And Every job we've thought was four hours turned into eight and turned into doing it twice because we know we're learning as we go. And watching Tom work mm. on a flat bit of steel to be able to make those window sills up, and they are like Mickey Mouse. You know, we, we it was within three hours we had the entire window sill replaced, the top half of the window sill all repaired, and it just went in like a glove. And it was really awesome to watch and learn from Tom. The actual just this is where real metal fabrication comes in and real talent. When you see someone get a flat bit of steel and and just turn it into a you know curved piece of art, which you know, he's just really awesome to see. <laughs> he's shaking his head no me because he doesn't like work, but I think it's oh, fantastic. No, the work, <laughs> I'm happy with the work, but to me, it's just it's just a job, you know. It's not anything to, I don't know, go home about sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, I think it is. You know, each to their own. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we did that with yeah. the floor out. Um, and, yeah, yeah, Tom, Tom's chopped most of the floor out between the two of us, and um, we've got the new floor there. I got that from um, Coop's Customs. So Coop's may have folded me up a floor with some bead rolling because we haven't got a bead roller here. And, um and that's uh, the next little project that we're, we're working on whilst this front end's getting fixed. So, yeah, everything's chopped out. We're, we're just about to start fitting it all in and move, moving on with the next uh, next task. So. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, i gotta um, got to talk to Coops hopefully tomorrow um, and, uh, and throw him in on this little uh, build catch-up because he's got so many trucks on the go. But, um, yeah, it'd be good just to get a bit more info from him. Um, spoke to... Rocky, that's doing that 57 GMC. So went out to his shed today and had a good chat to him. So that'll be part of this episode, which will be cool. So it's good good to see some of these trucks progressing. Yeah, well, look, we like I said, we do our Tuesday nights every Tuesday. And whether it's on the tools or on the whiteboard, we, we try and accomplish something. And we try to have at least half an hour's worth of work done before we crack the first Canadian club and dry. And and then, you know, if we if we really get involved, we push them to the side and we do a few solid hours. And then if we get on the cans too much, well, then we just stick to the whiteboard. <laughs> no, that's good. That's the way to do it. We, you know, we do the same thing. We do a Thursday night um, gig up in in our other shed. And, yeah, I've, I've sort of got one engine mount mocked up and in and now i got to do the other side and, you know, starting to, yeah, you know, you go you go through those periods in each build where you you like you know you put the Cummins in there like wow oh, wow we just done something and now it's been like weeks and weeks and weeks and I haven't even got the engine mounts yeah. in and I'm like oh, this takes forever and then you jump on the next thing so no that's that's cool 
I, I think the biggest thing I've learned, the biggest thing I've learned so far is if you have to do things twice and three times, like look, the, if you if you don't want to do that, you've got to go to a professional shop where people know everything in and out. But you know, if you're out there in your own backyard or your own little workshop like we are, and and you make a mistake, don't get disheartened. There's been times there where I've walked away and just said, Tom, like, what have I done? And you know, he'll pick me up and go, mate, it's just metal. You know, let's let let's let's think about it. Let's get to the whiteboard. Let's re re redraw it, re-engineer it, and let's go again. And there's been many times that we've been knocked down and we just get back up and, and just keep chugging along with the build. So like if, for people listening out there, like if you make a mistake, you know, even if it's costly, like I'm telling you now, I don't have five grand to spend on this front end, but you know what? I'm going to have to try and make it. If it means I've got to work overtime or I've got to go out there and, and, and install free hot water systems next weekend to make it happen. Well, that's what I've got to do. So, you know, don't let mistakes deter you. They're learning curves. So. Did you say you're doing free hot water systems? Hey, three, three, three. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'll have one. Yeah, no, three. Sorry, I got a bit of a list drinking. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, all right. All right, guys. Well, yeah, awesome to catch up. Good to hear that there's some progress happening. Now you'll get there and and uh, hopefully you get this suspension all sorted out and move on to the next bit. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it, man. Thanks for the time. Yeah, cool. No, we'll catch up with you again in, uh, well, it's been about five weeks since I spoke to you last time. So, yeah, we expect it to be driving around in another five weeks. Yeah, yeah fingers crossed, eh? Yeah. Next will be, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, next, yeah, next is fuel cell, fuel cell, uh, yeah. air tank mounts, and compressor mounts. That's next on the list. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was interesting. Right. That's why I got you now. Like, just to say, you know, is uh, these air tanks. Like, everyone keeps mounting them in the back. We've actually gone under the cab. We've got the dual tank set up, so it's going to be just that little bit unique build. It's uh, a little bit different, but it's surprising when you start to jam all these big tanks and fuel cells, and you start to run out of room real oh. quick. <laughs> they're big. They're big chassis, but they're bloody narrow. Yeah, there's not much room in there. Yeah, you should try putting a Cummins in one. I saw that, mate. I was, oh, mate. I tip my hat to you, mate. That's, that's a job. That's the job. doing, eh? Far out. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Well, we'll catch up with you again soon. All right, All right mate. Thanks, boys. Thanks. So, Steve, thanks for coming back on and, and catching up with us. Uh, obviously, making a bit of progress on the on the truck. You sent me through a video the other day of it running. It's looking pretty sweet. Yeah, mate. Um, it came home yesterday. So, um, yeah, just getting a head around it here. So, so exciting times. It's taken pole position in the garage. The wife isn't happy, but <laughs> it'll be in there for a couple of days. So that get gets a tune, gets a tune tomorrow, and um, yeah, we're ready to go. Yeah. And how, how far off? You know, it sounds like um, you're having a few issues just with COVID, making it hard to get engineering and stuff done. Yeah, just with with the way Melbourne is at the moment. Um, we had the engineer up last week. He ran his eye over it, and there was a couple of things that had sort of cropped up from earlier in the year that we had to to adjust so we've just been tidying that up and and then all of a sudden taking two steps back as far as where we're at with with lockdown and all that so we'll just see what happens but i've got uh a couple of weeks of of just betting breaks and just making sure everything's doing what it should be doing anyway yeah yeah what were the major things since we we last spoke to you that that you've needed to do yeah there was a couple of things that were a little bit um of a surprise the uh so we need to have window washers now and that truck never came out with window washers but uh that's just regardless of of what the situation is or what the build is um window washers are a must um a padded steering wheel was another thing mm. that got picked i'm running a billet specialties wheel so i'll be putting on a uh, a vk commodore wheel um to get me over the line and um, what was the other thing? There was three. Oh, seat belts, but I had seat belts anyway, regardless. But yeah. um, 
they were just a, a couple of little things, nothing major, but just pains. Mm. And and did he did he say why? So obviously, you know, that truck didn't have those things as a standard, but it also didn't have a supercharged big block. So I'm guessing it's the power upgrades, probably what's brought on the padded steering wheel and that sort of thing. No, so that's across the board. So my mate, yeah, my mate with his 39, he's uh, got an LS in his and he's got a runner padded steering wheel as well. We had half a dozen cars um, inspected last week and they all got picked for the same for the same thing with the steering wheel. So, wow. yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. The the engineer said to us that they are very close. Vic roads are very close to basically shutting the modified car scene down. Like I don't know how mm. how real that is, but after listening to Toby from a couple of weeks ago, I think um, regarding New South Wales engineering, what he said to me about where the state of Victoria is at. It doesn't sound like they're too far behind, to be honest. Like, yeah, it was. We were all sort of going, mm, "Well, what projects have we got? <laughs> How long have we got to do them?" You know, before before they really clamp down. So, I think the shit will hit the fan. To to be frank, yeah, yeah. There's got to be. I don't know. There's just got to be a point where common sense comes into it as well. Like it's like. I mean, I, I look at my truck. I'm I'm trying to keep the interior of my truck looking as stock as possible. So, I want to use the original Chev steering wheel. But from what you're saying, effectively, they're going to say, I can't. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, like my uh, Bedford, original Bedford steering wheel is was just a three-spoke steel thing. And I just ran a, mm. a, a, ability, a billet specialties outlaw and I just turned the uh, the Bedford badge into the, the centre of that and um, it doesn't comply. So, yeah, just a couple of little things that, yeah, they're trivial, but yeah, they you got to abide by the rules, I suppose, to get it on the road. And then after that, who knows? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, I mean, ideally, they don't really want us all putting the right stuff on to get engineering and then going and swapping it all back. I mean, that's sort of you know, it's not part of the purpose. It'd it'd be good if they could see that okay, it's an original steering wheel off this vehicle. You know, maybe you've gone to the effort to put a collapsible steering column in for the safety sake of it. You know, why? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. But um, see, my mate with that 39, his has got one wiper arm, but it's got the two split screens. So do you put two washers in for both the passenger and driver's side? But the vehicle only ever came out with one wiper on the driver's side. Mm. It just it just opens up a can of worms, doesn't it? Like we just like where does it stop? Yeah, yeah. But how many how many fifty five trucks are you going to see getting around with a VK steering wheel on them? It's because it's got to be padded. But they're just things that we'll work through. Yeah. Uh, my probably my biggest thing will be the the power side. We'll just we'll see how it all goes. I haven't taken it out on the road yet, so it cops a tune tomorrow, and and then we'll get into it and and go go through a couple of sets of rubber. Yeah, well, hopefully not too early. They're too dear. <laughs> <laughs> so you got you got the, you got the artilleries on it at the moment. Yeah, so um, twenty by eights on the front and um, twenty by elevens on the rear in rim size. Um, yeah, yeah. The the twenty the twenty by elevens look a bit funny with those guards on the back because they originally had the the eighteen by thirties on them, and that'll be. Um, I have got another set of guards that we'll make just to suit those. 
so it doesn't look so silly. Yeah, no, I wasn't trying to insult you. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I just um, it does. When I um, put them on, I thought, oh, I wonder how, wonder how bad they'll look. Yeah, it looked pretty bad. <laughs> so we'll fix yeah. that up. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So the engineer. So another week or two, and you're going to get you're going to get your brake test and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, I'm hoping to. It'll all just come down to all this crazy stuff that's going on, mate. I'm hoping that they'll they'll be ready for me in two weeks because I'll be ready to go. So we want to get in on mm. on it when when the weather starts turning for us. So yeah, hopefully we can get yeah. it on the road. We're talking stage four restrictions at the moment, and yeah, who knows? Yeah, see for regional Victoria, it's okay, but like this is where it, you've just got that that cluster in melbourne that yeah, it's pulling everybody up yeah 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 i i did a run across the border into aubrey the other day and um gee that was a a lot of faffing around to get across and pretty easy to get back no one cares about you coming into victoria it's just get, getting out <laughs> hard work. yeah that's right yeah it's um yeah. it's pretty crazy yeah but apart from that mm. mate everything else was um no worries so yeah we're all pretty positive and Hopefully it'll all just happen. We're just tidying up some loose ends and we're ready to go. Awesome. All right. Well, mm. we look forward to to seeing it on the road and coming out to some shows when we can finally have them again. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. We'll see what happens. It'll definitely be there. We we try to lock a couple in and then we take you know, sort of one step forward and two back. So who knows what where the scene will be at sort of come November. Hopefully we're we're ready to get back into it. But it won't stop me driving it around. Because it'll be on full reg, so we'll just drive it regardless. Yeah, no, it sounds good. You're going to take some shares out in a fuel company. Yeah, yeah. It was all right because um, V98 was fairly cheap there while all this rubbish was going on, so might just buy like a couple of 44-gallon drums of it. (laughs) (laughs) Start stocking up. (laughs) Just fill the Furphy tank up. Yeah, well, a few people have asked me, is that the fuel tank? But no. Not at this point. All right, Steve. Well, good to hear. Things are still progressing and, um, yeah, and and hopefully that's all comes together for you shortly. Yeah, no worries, mate. We'll definitely keep you informed. Cool. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Coops, thanks for catching up with us again, mate. Uh, Keep them busy. Yeah, yeah, flat out. So uh, your episode one, your first cab off rank for the podcast and uh, you had a couple of trucks in there you're working on at the time and a bit of progress. Yeah, so... um... We've had a few vehicles coming. I think we've had one new one come in since last time we spoke. Shit, it must have been a long time ago that we we uh, got together and spoke, being the first one off the rank. But we've we've progressed on our uh, 52 and, and and 47 Chev pickups. So I've just finished doing the patina on on the uh, 47 Chev. Um, so we've got a new new tub and new gas there that we're trying to make a look, you know, 50 years old. So we're getting through that and trying a few different techniques and got the um, colour matched to, to the original cab. So she's turned out pretty good. We're um, just highlighting some of the, the faded rust sort of, you know, areas where it's been sitting out in the sun for a while and a bit, bit of the, uh, the sunburnt look. So it's the... Um, original oxide red and then she's got a little bit of a, a faded you know flat browny black sort of color to make the rust look out and um we're getting some chemical reactions on the on the paintwork to make it you know peel and get some crow's feet happening and 
some spots here and there. It's uh, turning out pretty good, actually. It's a lot harder to be patina on a on a vehicle than what it is to actually put colour down. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's funny. A lot of people think patina is just just cheating, but when when you're trying to match new stuff with old, it, it gets pretty tricky, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, bloody hell. I reckon it's probably three times harder to do patina than what it is to um, just put nice, nice fresh paint down on a on a car that you've done all the body work on. So it, it's pretty good actually. Our, um, so that's the that's the uh, forty seven. We've got a fifty two in that's going um, heron white, which is a, the Commodore Stark white. So it's a it's a full colour car, and um, yeah, it's good to see the the two different contrasts between. You know, patina and, and, a, and a, I suppose, a, a freshly painted car. And it's, um, yeah, it's good because they're sort of getting built as a, as a pigeon pair side by side. So it's good to see the progress coming along for, for two different builds with two different looks, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely stark, stark difference. I, I've seen a couple of really nice white painted trucks and they, they do the bumpers and the grill and the mags all black and they, they look really tricky, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what this one is. This one's a, a an all white, all white um, pickup, and then it's got charcoal junkyard dogs on it, and um, it's got a, a um, Monza red interior. So it's got the um, XL, I think it's the XL Falcon Longreach or XF Falcon Longreach uh, bench seat in it. Yeah, Monza red on white. It'll look pretty cool. Yeah, nice. Is that is that the one with the LS in it? Uh, yeah, one's got an LS in it, the other one's got a 6-litre in it. Both LSs, but yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. And uh, I was chatting to Steve Mazik the other day, and uh, he was saying that they've cut the floor out of his truck and, and you, you've put together a floor pan for him. Yeah, I um, I, I got on to, um, well, Steve got on to me a few years ago just through um, Facebook, so... He asked me if I could bend him up a, um, a new floor pan for him, a new firewall. So I, um, I did all that for him and um, put some swage lines in it. And it just happened to be that one of the customers from um, Sydney was down, down this way and we threw it in the back of his car and he took it back up to Steve. So it was pretty worked out pretty good, actually. So, yeah, I've done a few firewalls for a number of customers around the place. Yeah, he's start, starting to get a good name for, for putting out some, some gear for people's builds. So, you know, Coops, Rod and Customs, look them up if you're looking for some gear, that's for sure. Yeah, well, we, we try our best. It's it's pretty hard going trying to, you know, run a run a business and work full-time somewhere else as well. But, um, you know, we're getting there. we just got approved for being the, the, the digital sales rep here in Victoria for um, Dakota Digital over in the States. So... We um I've just started getting some some orders coming through, so it's it's interesting. It's a it's a lot more than what I thought it would. <laughs> a lot more detail in it than what I would I imagine. But um you know you've got to do these things. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, I might have to have a chat to you actually. I I got to get some gauges for my truck soon. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah so we um we got you know Dakota Digital on on board now. We've got um Bedwood on on board. We've got Steel Line Rubber Products, and um, yeah, we do a lot of business through Glass for Classics as well. They're great guys up there, and um, they look after us, and you know, they they're, they're fantastic. So it's it's good to have a, a community that you know work well with you. Like there's some some businesses just don't want to bargain and just want your money, but other businesses go out of their way to to you know. Do your favours and look after you, and 
you know, and friendly and give you advice. And even on weekends, like, you know, you can get people to, you know, message you and give out advice over the weekend. It's, you know, not bad. And that's the way it should be. You know, it's a community, not just a, not just a business. Yeah, absolutely. And any, any movement on the cab over that you're building? Um, no, the old, the old cab over's been put on hold. Like all my, all my vehicles have been put on hold. It's, um, it's a bit sad actually. I never actually realised that, you know, running, running a business and you get that busy that you never actually have any time to work on your own stuff. So, I've got a few, few projects that I, I really need to get finished. I'm kind of tinkering, tinkering away in the background on some of them. I've got a HQ that's got a, a 500 horsepower LS going into it, and I'm just going through the rust repairs on it, but. I find it's, you know, while I'm working on everyone else's car, it's a lot easier just to buy the parts for yours and hope one day that you get the time to actually put it all together. So I've got a, I've got a pretty good mix of, of parts for about six different cars of mine that if I had a few weekends to my own, I could probably finish off all of them and, and have a good good collection happening. But, you know, at the moment, I've got a whole heap of brand-new parts and a bunch of shells sort of sitting in the corner. Yeah, I think I think every builder has the same problem. Once they start doing custom work, they they don't really get anything else done. No, no, that's right. So the old the old cab over sitting there, I've still got to put a floor in it and um, make the the ramp tray for the for the rear. But we've got um the Australian National uh, Hot Rod Federation show coming up on uh, Gateway Lakes twenty twenty one. So the plan was to have me thirty four chev delivery in the. Uh, the ramp truck finished by then and take it to there but i think i'm going to be pushing me luck mm, yeah yeah well customers come first yeah that's it that's mm, it cool but yeah no it's, it's going pretty good it's going it's going good that's good all right mate well uh thanks for your time i, I know you're busy today you're uh shifting a bit of dirt around but uh appreciate you taking a minute just to catch up with us and um yeah and we look forward to seeing more progress on all your builds yeah cheers whips it's good to hear from you yeah, you too, mate. Thanks for that. Bye, mate. Well, that's the show for this week. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. All information shared in our episodes is general, and you should contact your engineer for advice on your build. Please remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and share it with friends and fellow enthusiasts on Facebook, iTunes, or the good old word of mouth. I appreciate hearing feedback, good and bad, so please feel free to shoot me an email, classicpickuppodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in advertising on the podcast and have a relevant business, please get in touch. And finally, if you have a project you're building, it can be hard to find the time to work on it. Just spend 15 minutes a day, even if you only unbolt one panel or mount one bracket. You'll be amazed at how quickly it all adds up. The music you hear in the background of this podcast is called Hammer On Down by Uncle Bonehead. Until next week, enjoy the ride.